Praise the Lord, everybody. It's Pastor Fields here. And yes, it's Wednesday evening, and you know what happens on Wednesday evenings. Uh, we come together to go into the word of the Lord. And certainly the Lord has been good to us, so gracious and merciful. I love the Lord. I love the Lord, and I won't take it back. Let's go into a word of prayer. Father, we love you so much, and we're so grateful. You have kept us. You have watched over us allowed us to come together on another Wednesday evening, and we're so grateful to you. I pray that you'd bless everyone that connects with us tonight, wherever they are, in their homes, in their cars, at work. Stretch forth your hand, minister to all of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you as my prayer. And um, tonight I'm in the book of Acts. We're in the book of Acts, and I pray that everyone had a wonderful Pentecost Sunday. Uh, certainly the Lord uh, blessed us on Sunday, this past Sunday, and I'm grateful to the Lord uh, for saving me, filling me with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. And I want to apologize. Uh, we had some technical difficulties during our worship on Sunday, uh, and our Wi-Fi just crashed. So many people were on at the same time. So we are, we are beefing it up, making repairs and doing what we need to do so we can serve you, whether you're in the building or at home. Uh, we want to make it so we stay connected. So bear with us uh, as we make those repairs and do what's needed to be done. The Lord bless you tonight. I'm in the book of Acts. I'm in the book of Acts. And I'll be coming out of the 13th chapter and referencing also out of the 15th chapter of the book of Acts. And as you know, the book of Acts tells us of the growth of the church, the moving, the falling, and the moving of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it was a promise that the Lord made that he would send us another comforter. Even in the Old Testament scriptures, was prophesied that the Lord would not just dwell with us, but he would be within us. So um, in thinking of the growth of the church and ministry and working under the unction of the Holy Spirit, um, I came across something that we don't really talk about much. Uh, perhaps even a character in the Bible, uh, John Mark. Um, and, you know, oftentimes you've heard maybe conversations uh, about the riff or the disagreement that Paul and Barnabas had. But a lot of times you don't hear why they had that disagreement. Uh, and it, it had to do with the work of the ministry, being consistent in ministry, and uh, even in the conversations that you hear, um, a lot of a lot of what could have caused it is left out. Uh, and I want to get into that. And there's a reason why I want to discuss that, um, because ministry can be daunting. It can be difficult. It it uh, it has its discouraging days, um, and sometimes people give up. Uh, some people walk away for various reasons. 
Uh, I believe my mission tonight is is not just to talk about it, uh, but if there's someone who is watching tonight and listening, my mission is is to simply tell you to come back. Uh, come back to work, come back to the kingdom, come back to your calling, come back to your responsibility, come back. I want to read a passage of scripture for you. Um, Acts chapter um, 13 verses 1 through 13 and then I'll read out of chapter 15 of the book of Acts chapters 15 I'm sorry in verses 36 through 41 Acts 13 1 through 13 <clears throat> now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod, uh, the Tetrarch, and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at uh, Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John, their minister. And when they had gone through the isle unto Pephos, they found a certain sorcerer, false prophet, a Jew whose name was Barjesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elimus the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also was called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said of a fool of all subtlety and all mischief, Thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. And this is John Mark. We're going to talk about John Mark. Uh, so earlier in what we read, uh, we see that John was with them. And we're going to talk about also the fact that he was with them on this journey. And what after this occurred, after this occurred, uh, and they ran into this sorcerer and it, they were ready to go to the next city to minister. Um, the Bible says, uh, verse 13, when Paul and his company loosened Paphos, they came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. So, John Mark, this is John Mark, he leaves them and goes back to Jerusalem. So let's go to chapter 15 of Acts, 
verses 36 through 41. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. So they wanted to review and go back and check on the saints of God in the cities that they had preached in. Now remember, John was with them in that first scripture that we read, uh, but he leaves them. He walks away. Verse 37, chapter 15, And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not to take him with them, who departed from them, from Pamphylia, and went not with them to the work. So he wouldn't continue the work. He left. He would not continue the work, and he left. And the contention was so sharp between them. I'm in verse 39, that they departed asunder one from the other, and so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. So the good thing, the good thing in this is now we have two, um, we have two groups now of evangelism. Uh, but let's talk about the contention and perhaps what created the contention or what even drove John Mark to walk away because you get a sense here that there is an issue, and he, he walks away. He leaves, and he goes back to Jerusalem. Now, when it's time to go back out into the field, uh, Barnabas wants to take John Mark with them, but Paul said, oh, no. Um, he left us before. He walked away, went back to Jerusalem. Uh, so, listen, we all need a solemn warning. Um, let's, let's go to Luke chapter 9, before I finish my thought, Luke chapter 9, verse 62. Um, and this is the kind of warning I'm talking about, because some sometimes you'll start out with people, and people, whether they don't really think about what ministry is all about, and uh, their discouragement comes because it's not as pretty uh, or fashionable as they thought it would be. Uh, they see others do it, and uh, they say, oh, I could do that. And when it gets down to the work, they're not up for it. Uh, listen to what Jesus says in Luke chapter 9, and I think this is a, something good that should be said to people uh, who are out there just to be out there, Um doing things just to be doing things. L listen to what Jesus said in the gospel according to St. Luke chapter 9, verse 62. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Uh, this particular study or this particular lesson then, um, I think, Part of the mission is also to warn us from taking any course or doing anything uh, that would bring dishonor uh, on the name of the Lord or on the ministry or, or bring unhappiness to our lives. John Mark stands out in the pages of the New Testament. He stands out, and we don't often talk about it, but I want to talk about it tonight because... Um, 
he turned back. There was a there was a point uh, where he said, "Ah, I can't do this." And there was contention, uh, and he's it stirred up contention between Barnabas and Paul. So there must have been an issue there, something really that rubbed Paul the wrong way for. John Mark, after they had gone through this, instead of going on to continue ministry, that he packs up and he leaves them and goes back to Jerusalem. So technically he turned back. However, from that position, uh, and we taught, taught about it a few weeks ago about having a relapse, a spiritual relapse. Um, he turned again. He turned. Um after the relapse, I should say, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my notes and talking at the same time. Um, eventually, he would become perhaps one of the most useful servants in the kingdom. Uh, but he did have a relapse. He did turn. He did walk away. Um, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. Um, he says, and this is Paul talking later on in his ministry. He says, uh, only Luke is with me. Take Mark, that's John Mark, and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. So eventually, he did go back to work. He becomes useful. But there was a point there, a moment there, where he said, I can't do this. This is not what I signed up for. Uh, so let me add, under the guidance of the Holy Ghost, um, he wrote the gospel which bears his name. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. So let's, let's gather up some information on this man called John Mark. Um... His Hebrew name was John. His Roman name was Mark or Marcus. Uh, so if you if you called him by both names, you would have to call him Saint John Marcus. But um, let's let's dig into his background a little bit and and try to see uh, what he was all about and talk about what happened. Um, he was. We know that from his youth he was greatly favored. Uh, from his youth he was greatly favored. Uh, Acts 12 and 12, uh, it says, And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together. So we know his mother was a believer. He comes out of a, a Christian home or uh, out of a house where folks had the Holy Ghost. Uh, we just read it in Acts 12 and 12. Uh, and it was at uh, his mother's house where the saints would meet for prayer. So could you imagine? Uh, he was constantly rubbing elbows with uh, Mary, the mother of John. Uh, his mother, I should say, uh, Peter, James, uh, people who had been there for prayer, the saints of God, and, and eventually Paul. So he's in the midst of all of these saints, uh, because they would come there for prayer. Uh, so he was in constant contact with God's people. Uh, and I say God's people, but they were all working in the kingdom. They all were working. Uh, 
They all were working. So picture that prayer meeting. Picture who was in the in the, in, in the prayer meeting. Peter, James, John, um, Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Bartholomew, all of these people. And we can name more and more. Um, he was brought up in the godly home. Uh, Ephesians 6 and 4. Uh, and ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I'm going to compare it to 2 Timothy 3.15, where, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. That's something Paul said to Timothy, but it applies to John Mark. He's raised up in the Christian home. He knew the word of God. He is among them that are sanctified. And, and so it was true of him also. Um, let's take a look at Proverbs 22 and 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Uh, but his environment, he wasn't raised by street people. He was raised uh, by people who were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, by people who were in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. My Lord, he was among the first fruits of the church. So here he is. Uh, so there was a measure of affluence in his home. Uh, so, and we know this from what I read out of Acts 12 and 12. I'll read it again. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. Uh, so there was a lot of uh, good stuff going on in his house. Uh, the saints would gather in his mama's house. Uh, she would entertain the people of God, and he was among them. Uh, so... Uh, you could say sort of that he was he was sort of born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Yeah, uh, my Lord, I wonder how many people wish they were raised in a Christian home where folks had the Holy Ghost. And uh, could you imagine the anointing that was in his home? Uh, so his relatives were even consecrated. <laughs> my God, uh, because we already commented on his mama. Uh, so evidently, uh, when we tied in, Barnabas was either a cousin or an uncle to him. Um, Colossians 4 and 10. Um, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus, sister's son of Barnabas, mm -hmm, touching whom ye receive commandments, if he come unto you, receive him. So we know from that one verse, he's, they're either cousins or he's a nephew of Barnabas. Uh, so what a blessing. Uh, his mama was saved. Uh, his, he had saved relatives. He's raised in a saved environment. Uh, so, and above all, um, we believe he was converted at a young age. Um, First uh, Peter chapter five verse thirteen gives this suggestion that he was converted through Peter's ministry. I'm going to read it for you. First Peter Peter five thirteen, the church that is at Babylon 
elected together with you, saluteth you, and doth so Marcus, my son. So, uh, and we know that Peter was not his natural father. So, uh, Marcus is his spiritual son. Uh, so, we believe perhaps in one of those prayer meetings uh, that's recorded, in, and I read it out of uh, chapter 12 of Acts, uh, that John Mark received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and Peter calls him a son. Uh, so how great it is to come to the Lord at a young age, uh, you know, before the ravages of the world. Uh, and I, I was uh, born in the church myself, filled uh, with the Holy Ghost as a teenager. My Lord, brought up in the church. My daddy was a preacher, um, you know, uh, but everyone's not raised that way. And I'm going this way for a reason. Um, because when you look into John Mark's uh, background, you would think that he would have been a shoe-in right away. Uh, he would have taken hold of ministry uh, and ran with it. Uh, and that's, that's one of the pressures of being a PK, a preacher's kid, uh, or someone who was born in the church, so to speak, uh, and uh, maybe considered having a sheltered life. And, um, but there's a whole lot of pressure on you. And I'm going to explain because I was born and raised in the church, the apostolic faith. Um, but there came a time in my life where I had to decide I'm not doing this because of mom and dad. Yes, I was in church, sang in the choir, played the organ. I received the gift of the Holy Ghost, but there, there was a great challenge now. Uh, even with the Holy Ghost, am I doing this just because? Um, and I came in contact with people that believe differently. Um, I made some mistakes even, yes. Uh, and I had to come to it myself. I had to come to this myself. Am I doing it just because he's doing it or she's doing it? And some, some of you who were born in the church I know you understand exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, it was a difficult time. It was a pressing time. Finding your own identity. Um, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? All of those questions in my mind. Yes, I'm a, I'm a tongue talker, but all that stuff is still fluttering in my head and in my heart. Uh, so we understand though, that John Mark ends up accompanying Barnabas, Uncle Barnabas, or Cousin Barnabas, and Paul on their first mission. It was their first mission, and it was to the Gentiles. And it's here that he turns back. He goes back to Jerusalem. So when we remember his background, his home, the influence of his mother and of Peter and of the many saints, uh, he, you figure he had to know, he had to know, right? He has to know what this is all about. And, um, but no wonder it may have looked exciting to him. Yes, I'm getting, I'm going on a trip with Barnabas, uh, and Paul, uh, and perhaps then he had a burning desire, uh, to serve the Lord in some special way. Uh, and he's getting an experience on what full-time service is all about. Um, 
And this, this opportunity that he has to travel with Paul and Barnabas. Uh, let's read Acts again. Acts uh, chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. There were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, that was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, uh, Menaean, uh, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, uh, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Listen, the Holy Ghost said, as they ministered to the Lord and they fasted, they turned their plate down and the Holy Ghost spoke and said, separate Paul, right? He wasn't Paul then, he was Saul. So it says, separate Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost departed unto Seleucia and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they got there, this is when they run in to the sorcerer and uh, so for the first time, John Mark sees what it's like to, to con be confronted by evil, uh, right? And he, he runs into this, and, and uh, Paul has to confront him. Uh, but look at this. Think about this. Uh, and let's read uh, Acts 13 and 13. Now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Berga in Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. What happened to make him walk away, turn around, I don't, and, and just get out of there and go back. Uh, and, and if there's, you know, maybe now is a good time to talk to someone who's young or who's young in ministry or uh, who's, who's young in the Lord. Um, if, you're, if you're contemplating entering into ministry full-time or working in the kingdom in any capacity, um, there's some things I need to share with you. Some things I need to say to you. The first thing is uh, you have to count count the cost. Uh, it it it's not as easy as it looks, and I'm 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 just being real with you. Count the cost because John Mark may have failed in this area. He didn't count up the cost. Uh, he got caught up in the excitement of things. Uh, he was thrilled by being with, oh, I'm going to be with Paul and I'm going to be with Barnabas. Uh, you know how some of the, and, you know, listen, some of the older saints do it. You get it, you get starstruck, right? And you get in church and you think it's about, uh, how can I say this? You think it's about position and notoriety, but ministry really uh, isn't about what your last name is. It's all about doing the will of Jesus will of God. Uh, he might have felt a great thrill because I'm, I'm going to be this big shot missionary. I'm going to travel with Paul and Barnabas. Uh, but he didn't sufficiently, sufficiently, I'm sorry, face up to the hardships and problems uh, and the testings that come along with working in the kingdom. Uh, you know, people see you singing in the choir and they you know, they, they see you and people are blessed by it. Uh, and they say, oh, I want to do just what she's doing, but not considering what you had to go through to get the anointing that you have. Um, let's read Luke chapter 14. 14 chapter 27 through 33. And whosoever doth not bear his cross 
and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest happily after he have laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000? Or else while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. An ambassage is an archaic way of saying ambassador. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Now, that's very powerful. Jesus said that out of his own mouth. So maybe John Mark, this is his first missionary journey, and he sees, oh, this is, this is no easy piece of pie. Uh, they were confronted. <laughs> this, this is work. And he walks away from them. So maybe he didn't count up the cost. And I need to talk real talk tonight. Uh, this is this is more than just clapping your hands and spinning around three times. Uh, ministry is is more than just wearing a collar and a robe. Is this you got to go through some things, uh, and you're going to endure some tests. Yes, the trying of your faith worketh patience. And listen, uh, so that brings me to the next point. Don't be so much in a hurry. You know, sometimes you run into people. Right, they're a minister on Tuesday, and by Sunday, they're an apostle. <laughs> I don't understand it. Um, don't be in, in so much of a, a hurry. Uh, listen, the word of God is true. First Corinthians 7 29. This is what it says But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives as though they had. None. Hmm. Those who had wives be as though that they had none, and they that weep as though they wept not, and they that rejoice as though they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possess not, and they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. Um, and I'm going to tie it up, and I'm I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about. I'm going to tie it into John 9 and 4. John 9 and 4. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Now, Isaiah 28 and 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. So, um, and I read those scriptures uh, to show that God never hurries when he's making preparation for workmen or people that are going to work. Um Everywhere, whether it's Old Testament, whether it's New Testament, uh, there was always a preparation period. Uh, the Lord never pushed anybody real fast to go into anything. He never hurries when he's making a person, when he's preparing a person. How long did Moses go through his preparation period? 
how long did the apostles or the disciples have to travel with Jesus before they were released? Um, and there are other things I can talk about. Um, let's look up in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. And this is why, he said, this is why I did it, to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or no. So there's a reason why God doesn't hurry. He doesn't push you. And I don't understand people, uh, they, you get the Holy Ghost on Tuesday and by Friday you're over an organization or you're, you're running this or you're running that. Uh, when were you prepared? When did, when did God show you anything? So uh, discipline is necessary. Uh, and the lessons of humility and obedience and trust have to be learned. Yeah, obedience and trust and humility there are lessons there that, that help you develop those virtues. So, and, and God knows every one of us. Some do take longer than others, but there is always a period of time of preparation. And the next thing, after telling you to count the costs and do not be in too much of a hurry, is to be absolutely sure of your motive. Why are you doing this? And, are you, and listen, I came up with people in ministry that told me they wanted to be a preacher because uh, they saw how uh, the preacher got his bag carried and people catered to him. That's, no, that's not a good reason to come into ministry. Uh, why do you want to be a preacher? Why do you want to be a missionary? Why do you want to do this, that, and the other? Why do you want to be a missionary, an evangelist, um, a theologian? An author by the name of, of Oswald Chambers said this, these words. He says, it may be harder to face God with your motive than to face congregations with your message. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah, it may be harder to face God with your motive. We all have to be judged for what we do. And what are you going to say to God? Right? When he tells you to your face, you didn't do it for my glory. I never sent you. My God. What about our motive for doing it? And we have to think, um, perhaps John Mark had to come to grips with why he was doing it. Let's, let's go to uh, Psalms 139 and 23. Psalm, and I, I just feel like talking real talk tonight. Forgive me, I'm not throwing off. These are just thoughts that I have in, in um, uh, Psalm 139.23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Hmm. So perhaps John Mark came to grips, you know, uh, I'm not sure about this. And, and uh, the fourth thing I want to pull out. Uh, remember that you have no greater success on the field than you're having here and now. And I want to explain that remark because um, as now, so then, as now, so then. So whatever you put into it now um, might give me an impression on what you're going to put into it later. If you're lazy now, 
if you give up now, you might give up. You would give up later, and and perhaps you're struggling with with understanding what I'm saying, um, and not counting the cost, and then not uh, taking your time and develop the right motives for things. Um, you might miss where your ministry really is. Um, you might just miss the whole thing and you'll you'll step over what you're really supposed to touch or who you're really supposed to talk to to go into an area that you're not even ready to go into. And 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 let me explain again. Mark five and nineteen. I want to take you there. Mark five and nineteen. Um this, this is a conversation Jesus is having. And he says, how be it Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord have done for thee and hath compassion on thee. Now, um, I was a young man that was possessed with the devil. Um, and perhaps he wanted to, he would have followed Jesus everywhere, but Jesus told him, nope, go start in your house, go Go home and tell your friends. Go back to your town. Tell people you know. Start ministering there uh, at Jerusalem. At Jerusalem or whatever city that is that you live. And I'm saying Jerusalem because I'm looking now at Acts 1 and 8. And this is what Jesus says again. This is Jesus talking. But ye shall have power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem. Right now, that's where the Holy Ghost fell first. Start right here. Start right here. So a lot of times, you know, people want to go all the way to Africa. You want you want to do all of this TV stuff, but you haven't talked to anyone in your own house, in your own city. Uh, and this is when he gives the list: Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Says, so start right here, in Jerusalem. Start here. You may not have to stay here, but you should start where you are. Start right here. Hmm. The next thing is if you become a missionary or a preacher or um, whatever it is that you desire to be, you'll have to begin by serving. Uh, I have in my notes an apprenticeship, but you, you should learn how to serve first. Uh, work with somebody first. Uh, be an assistant to somebody. And I guess what I'm saying is how can you be a good leader? Because a lot of times people come into stuff and you just want to jump and be in charge of everything. And you and you don't know what it's like to serve. I, I, I served my daddy uh, for 22 years. Uh, um, I worked as an organ player for him. Listen, <laughs> Some of you will laugh when I say this. I played the organ for my father every Sunday, and I loved my daddy. Uh, fourth Sunday, I, I loved the most because that was payday. Listen to what I'm saying. I got paid every fourth Sunday. $25. Here, I want you to you know put some gas in your car. I, you know, I've been putting my gas in my car all month, and you give me $25. You know, uh, say what you want. Those, those were the best years of my life. 
uh, because I was doing it because I love the Lord and I love doing what I'm doing today. Everybody's looking for a dollar. I won't do nothing until you pay me X, X, such and such and such. Uh, and you feel like the motive is all about money and making money and not ministering. So um, I was learning how to serve then, learning how to serve. I served under Bishop Bonner even, learning how to serve, learn how to be an apprentice, learn how to serve. Uh, if you're going to do something, the best one of the best ways to learn how to do it is to serve. Acts 13 and 5. Let's go there. And I'm almost through. And, and these are just some thoughts that I want to share with you. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had also John to their minister. Mm -hmm. So uh, this verse tells us that Paul and Barnabas had Mark with them. John Mark was with them as a helper, as, a, as an assistant, which is probably a better word. The word says uh, to their minister. So he was there to serve them. He was there to serve them. So my question to somebody who's watching, are you willing to serve? Are you willing to serve? Are you willing uh, to serve? Are you willing to serve? I keep keeps coming up in my spirit. Are you willing to serve? Um, are you willing just to be there, just to support, right? They were there. Whatever John Mark was asked to do, that's what he did. Whatever, you know, that's what he did. But something happened. Something happened after this first missionary journey, after this first occasion that makes him drop everything and go back to Jerusalem. Hmm. So the next thing then I need to say is you need to be absolutely sure of your call. You have to be absolutely sure of your call. I'm going to go back to Acts, the 13th chapter, second verse. Listen to what's said in, in the scriptures. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. In verse 4, so they be being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed under Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. So we read that the Holy Ghost called them. The Holy Ghost called two men. They fasted, they prayed. I'm going somewhere with this. And the Holy Ghost sent two men. These were the instructions. Separate unto me Saul and Barnabas. I have called them. How many? Two men. Three went. Why did three go? The Holy Ghost said, separate me, Saul and Barnabas. Two, but three went. So was this third person, John Mark? I believe it was, sure. Uh, and was this third person, who was John Mark, was he of man's appointment or of God's appointment? 
and I'll, and I'll leave it with you. Was it God's decision? Because the Bible says the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me, separate unto you. Listen, I'll read it so I don't get it wrong. They ministered to the Lord fasted. The Holy Ghost says, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. So listen, I'm going to say some words to you, and I want you to know uh, that the words that I'm getting ready to say out of my mouth to you are not God's call. They may be part or present in the call, but it's not God's call, right? So if I say words like desire, opportunity, need, ability, even invitation, come and go with me over here and do so and so and so and so, but if God didn't say for you to do it, somebody invited you to do it, that's not God's call. Oh, I think I'll do so-and-so and so and so That's not God's call. Listen, the call of God is indicated in Acts, the 13th chapter, verse number two. They prayed and fasted, and the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Yes. And then verse four. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. Just because a person has a desire or they have the opportunity or they feel they have a need or they have an ability to do certain things uh, because somebody called them on the phone and said, come over here and do so and so and so. That's not God's call. So they're being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So you got to be you got to be sure that you have a call. Be absolutely sure of your call. The next thing I need to pull out of this is that um, how solemn and sad it is to function outside of the will of God. And I, I, I think it's not just sobering for you, but it's got me thinking too. Maybe this, there's some things I need to say no to. That's not what God called me to do. I need to stay in my lane. I'm not that. I'm this. And stay in my lane. It's time to, to walk in your calling and be absolutely sure of what your call is. And don't do something just because somebody invited you to do it or just because you feel you have an ability to do it. Right. Uh, it's not by power nor by might, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Yeah. So it, it's. It's not a good thing to function outside of God's will. It, it can bring trouble to you or it could bring trouble to others or both. Yeah. Uh, and it's a way of letting the Lord down. You're, you're not functioning in the place that you should be. Then you say, Lord, where should I be? I don't want to be out of place. You ever have an out of place joint or a bone or uh, it, it doesn't feel good. Uh, let's go to Acts, the 15th chapter, and I'm almost through verses 34, 36 through 40. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let's go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. 
But Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. Why should you want him to come? He left us high and dry, walked away from the work, went not with them to the work, work, work. Didn't say, oh, he had another preaching engagement. It's work. Oh, no. The choir is going to know it's work. This is kingdom work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. Now, there, there was contention. It was so sharp that they separated. Uh, I need to take you back to Acts 13 and 13. It says, Now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John departing from them returned to Jerusalem. Now Barnabas was willing to continue taking them with him, but Paul said, Oh no, I'm, um, that's not going to work for me. Uh, and again, I started earlier by saying the good thing is now we have two evangelical teams, but Paul really had an issue with the young man he had a problem, uh, perhaps that he felt the young man did not count up the cost. He got caught up in the hoopla and the glory and how it always oh, looks this and looks that. Uh, perhaps he felt the young man uh, was too much in a hurry uh, and he was, he was taking things uh, not as seriously as he should, right? Uh, like the scripture that I read, the married acting like he's not married or, uh, and, you know, you have to consider the reality of things. And perhaps he felt like the young man's motive was not pure. He's not doing this to please God. He's not, do, he's not considering uh, the fact that God has called us to do this. Uh, and remembering, perhaps you're not going to have any greater success out here than you would have anywhere else. Because if your attitude, if your motive, if your heart isn't right, uh, you're going to continue to get the same results, uh, right? You're going to continue to get upset and flustered and give up when things get difficult. Uh, you're going to have the same outcome every time. Uh, and uh, remember, perhaps he felt like the young man uh, wasn't really willing to serve. Uh, maybe something happened there. Maybe he asked the young man to do certain things. Listen, I'm going to tell you a true story. Many times men would come and knock on Bishop Bonner's door and um, he would tell me some of the things he would say to them. But the thing that stuck with me the most was one time he said a young man came and sat in his office and said, the Lord has called me to preach, Bishop Bonner. And Bishop Bonner said, all right, um, I want you to go and join the usher board. <laughs> And this is a true story. I'm not going to give you the preacher's name. Uh, and the preacher got mad at him. Now, what was he doing? He wanted to see if the young man wanted to serve. Another preacher, young man, came in and he said, okay, I want you to go work in the prayer room. And he said, a certain amount of souls come through with the Holy Ghost. Come back with me. Um, come back to me, rather. So uh, there was a way he he had with testing a person's motive and seeing what they were willing to do. And there were times he tested me too. Yes, Lord, uh, don't do it if you haven't been called. Don't do it if your motive is not right. And if it's not right, it's time to get it right because this is kingdom work. Uh, 
uh, and it's really bad to try to do this and you're out of place. You're not in the place where you should be. So the last thing, and I'm closing here, um, the last thing we're told about John Mark, though, and, and uh, so we're ending on a good note, it indicates a complete restoration and reinstatement and a full dedication to the Lord and to his service. Yes, and this is where the topic of the lesson is working uh, because, and, and I've been there, why am I doing this? Or oh, I didn't want to do it. I wanted to walk away. And there were times when I did walk away. Yes, I'll be the first to testify and say I wasn't always in where I was supposed to be because I walked away from it. I, I, didn't, I didn't sign up for this, Lord. I don't look the way I thought it was going to look. Uh, but I want you to know that God can restore. He can renew. He can replenish. He can straighten things out. He can get you on the right path. He can do all of those things. And we see this, that it happened in John Mark's life. He got it together. He came back. Hallelujah. And that's what I need to say to somebody tonight. Come back. Hallelujah. You gave up. Come back. And say, Lord, where do you want me? I, I don't want to function out of place. I don't want to be a, a misleading. I want to function in the place you have called me to function in. Come back. Come on back. Because we find out in John Mark's life, uh, he, he received a complete restoration completely reinstated and, and he works now with a full dedication to the Lord and to his service. So that means it's a process. You got to be willing to go through the process. You got to be willing to be taught. You got to be willing and say, Lord, fix me. Lord, help me. Lord, we are his workmanship. Thank you, Jesus. You got to let the Holy Ghost work on you. Yes, he leads me and guides me. He works on me. He matures me. Uh, let's compare some scriptures and then I'll close. Colossians 4 and 10. It says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you and Marcus. Paul is, is using Marcus's name. John Mark, his full name. John Marcus, sister's son to Barnabas. Mm -hmm. Touching whom he received commandments. If he come unto you, receive him. Now, before Paul was like, get rid of him. He don't want to do nothing. Uh, he's lazy. Uh, so now he's saying, receive him. So we had a complete turnaround. And that's what I want somebody to know. You can have a complete turnaround in your life. Yes, the things you walked away from. The ministry you walked away from. That anointing you walked away from. He come Sunday. Hallelujah. God can turn it around and reinstate you. Come back. Come on back. There's work to do. 2 Timothy 4.11. Listen what Paul says in the 11th verse of the 4th chapter in 2 Timothy. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark. John Marcus. Take Mark and bring him with thee for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Before Paul was saying, I can't use him. Uh, he, he's not operating with the right mentality. Uh, he's not, you know, he's, he's not willing to get, do the work. But now Paul is putting it in writing. 
The only one that's with me now is Luke, Dr. Luke. So take Mark and bring him with you because he is profitable to me for the ministry. Yes. So I need to say, if, you, if you've gotten away from the Lord, if you've gotten away from your calling, or if you don't know your calling, if you've gotten away from doing the work, hallelujah, come on back, confess it to the Lord. Lord, I, I, was, I was doing things for the wrong reason. I, I, I thought it was this, and I had no idea. And Lord, I want you to use me. I want to, I want to be in a place where I'm working. Yabushah. Well, I'm doing the work of the ministry, the work of the kingdom. Come back. Come back and confess it to him. If you've gotten away, if you've walked away, hallelujah. Yes, this is a clarion call. Come on back and confess to the Lord. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Come back and do it quickly. We don't have much time. Come on back. Do it quickly. I'm talking to somebody, a, back, a backslidden preacher, maybe a backslidden songster, a psalmist, a backslidden praise leader, or perhaps somebody who's, who's just been sitting by the side haven't done anything, don't have a mind to do it, you've been disenfranchised or you've deceived yourself or been deceived concerning what ministry is all about, God says, come back. <laughs> Let me reestablish. Let me completely restore and put you where you ought to be. But you got to come back. You can't keep running from responsibility. I don't know who I'm talking to. But I hear the Lord say, don't walk away from it. Come back. I want to use you for my glory. It has to be for my glory, the Lord says. I won't share my glory with anyone else. Hallelujah. I know this is a different kind of lesson, but I felt led to go in this direction. And I wanted to minister to someone. And if, um, if I'm talking to you and you need someone to talk to, send me an email admin at grtdc.com and I will get that email and I'll respond to you. My staff will make sure I get it and I'll reach out to you. Talk to me. I want you to work and I want you to work where the Lord has called you to work. Hallelujah. Perhaps you need encouragement. Come on. Come on back. Let the Lord use you for his glory. If I'm talking to you, GRTDC, admin at GRTDC, our technician will put it on the screen for you. Send me that email. Send it to me. I want to encourage your heart. I want to talk to you. I want the Lord to use you. There's a whole lot of kingdom work to do. Come on back. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the lesson tonight. I've shared what you have put in my heart to share, and I pray that those who are supposed to hear this have received it. Hallelujah. And they'll come back to you. They'll roll up their sleeves and work where you have placed them to work. Help those who are discouraged in the midst of all that's going on. 
I pray, God, that they would turn in their garments of mourning, put on garments of praise. I pray, Father, that those perhaps who are functioning with the wrong motive will search their hearts. Hallelujah. Put their hearts on the altar. Come to that place where they're doing it only to please you. It's your will that should be done and not ours. Help us, Father, I pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. Not going to keep you much longer. Thank you for your time. And if you would like to plant a seed in this ministry, you want to pay your tithes, you may do so. Our technician will put all that information on the screen for you. And those of you who are uh, watching from our sister church in the Bronx, you may use Givelify. I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for allowing me to share these words with you. And I pray now, if I'm talking to you, talking to somebody, that you'll reach out to me. I will reach out to you. I feel like somebody needed to hear this. And those of you who feel like it wasn't for you, well, pray. Pray for those whom the Lord was talking to. Pray for those who needed to hear this, that they'll come back. Kikabo Shande. And go to work. God can reinstate. He can renew. He can restore. He can revive. I know it's so because he did it for me. And if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. Until next week, three things I need you to do. Be careful. Be prayerful. Be holy. Shalom. Shalom.